Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have an internationally famous radio host and uh, this guy is amazing, Ron Siegel. I was on his show. He's based out of California. Um, I, forget, I think it's LA. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a minute. So we'll see you in a second. And we are back. Let me bring Ron Siegel on. Ron, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Glad to be with you. I'm excited. I'm glad that I, you're I here, a, man. I get to be with a real star now. I mean, I just do a little radio out here in SoCal, but now I get to be with the with, with the man. Dude, you're on ESPN Radio. Come on, man. That's, <laughs> that's a notch above above me. I'm sorry. I I I, I just feel like you're 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 killing it, man. I love what you're doing. I love your show. Um, I love the fact that you had me on. It made me feel special for a day. So thank you for that. And um, we have people joining us already on the live stream. Good morning. And and so, Ron, I created this show about two and a half years ago to help people get unstuck. And I think that we can all relate to getting stuck in life and, and not knowing what to do, how to get unstuck. And um, I think that by hearing other people's stories, we heal. So that's what this is all about. It's your story. So why don't we start with where you were born and raised? I'm like one of those odd people. I was born, raised, and for all but one out of 57 years, I've lived in Anaheim, California, Disneyland. Whoa. Wow. And you're not a communist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just... I, I do live in Calizuela. So, you know, we're close. <laughs> I love the fact that you call it that, man, Calizuela. So, so, um, so you grew up in Anaheim. You went to school. Did you end up going to college there? Or? Well, believe it or believe it or not, I went to college at a very very small school. Actually, it's in the city of of Orange. I went to Chapman. Chat. It was Chapman College. Now it's Chapman University. So when I was there, there was a to, a whopping total of eighteen hundred people in the graduate and undergraduate part of the school. Wow. So yeah, real small. There's, a, there's a city called Orange? Yes, sir. Yeah, the city called Orange. The, I and thought the, it was a county. Yeah, well, we're, we're not too smart out here in Calizuela, so <laughs> we, we use the city and the county both. And, oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Calizuela. It's like, so we, we stutter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you... Um, Okay, what was your what did you go to college to study? Uh, well, being a, I'm a nerd, right? So I'm the first to tell people that. So I kind of laughed because I've, I've always been a business person. I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always enjoyed just studying and learning about business. So 
the people, when I went to Chapman, I went there to be, I wanted to be a tax accountant, Whoa. a tax lawyer, a tax lawyer. So I start going through all this coursework and I realized that accountants have to sit there with their green eye shade and pencils in an office, bored, doing absolutely nothing. So quickly I changed, uh, but I, I stayed with the idea of being entrepreneurial. So when I wanted to go and, and look at uh, classes, I would all, every one of my classes were in the school of business. So, and, and the, the dean who then became, uh, the, the, my professor who became the dean who then became the president of the college said, why aren't you taking some courses that you enjoy instead of everything in the school of business? And I said, well, I enjoy the school of business. So oh. I ended up getting an, a degree in accounting, marketing, and management all in four years, three degrees in four years. Wow. And, yeah. and decided not to do the attorney thing. Yeah, not to do the attorney thing. Those guys, uh, it was too much studying. And, and yeah. you know, I figured I had to go, go back to more school. Even in college, um, I had a fun gig in college. So being entrepreneurial, I used to hire people to go and stand at line. And if you're old like me, you remember Ticketmaster, yep. where you'd get your concert tickets. Yeah. So I, I hired people to go... Yeah, I had people to go stand in line at Ticketmaster, buy concert tickets. I would sell them on campus for a profit. Um, and I'm looking and saying, okay. And, and you know, I checked with the with all the, the sources. It's legal as long as you're not doing it on the grounds of the of the venue. Okay. So, you know, I I, I and so I said, you know, if I'm doing this and making good money here, why do I want to go to more school to start a, a whole new thing and you know, maybe or maybe not make as much money and the accounting and, and tax and law. I just lost all interest in it saying, you know, didn't sound like fun to me. That does not sound like, like fun. fun. So, so <laughs> no. where, like, so in, in, in college, you, uh, Oh God, look who's on. <laughs> uh Oh, oh yeah. man, you let anybody on your show. I know. I know. So, um, Dr. Bill, good to see you, brother. Good to see Doug Wings on here. We have some amazing people watching. Larry Schneider, Darlene, so um, and Kellen, and Anne's all the way over in Manchester, England, man. You're drawing a crowd, dude. Wow. wow. Look at that. Manchester, so, England. So, nice. so you, you, um, you're in college and you're, you're, you're starting to make money as an entrepreneur and, and decide this is way better than, yeah. than all the schooling nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, I, I went the route that people said you had to do back then. You know, you have to have a college degree. I mean, I don't believe in that anymore, but you know, you had to have a college degree and you had to get the education and do all that formal stuff. Yeah. And, you know, even at that point, I would challenge because I was, I was always, I started working when I was seven. My dad said that if you learn how to clean toilets, um, you'll never, ever look down at somebody else. So I spent two years cleaning toilets. Good for um, you. You know, and, but I also got the idea of enjoying the idea of having money. And, yeah. you know, I had to save half of it. My dad taxed me 50%. So I, I was used to Calizuela even back then. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But the tax was is 50% of every dollar that I earned when I was a, a youngster had to go into a savings account that I couldn't touch. You know, he had control of it. Wow. So, 
it was a great concept because the day I, I graduated from college, I was able to go out with a fraternity brother and buy a house. You know, so most people and and in Calizuela, wow. you know, houses how, housing out here is is a lot different than most parts of the country. I remember being on um, when I spoke to your your group of realtors. You asked me to to speak to it. I don't, I forget what you call that show, but or it's not a show. It's a group, a mastermind group, right? Kind of right. It was yeah. the uh, it was Anaheim Hills uh, Real Estate Caravan. Yeah. I remember speaking there and I, and, and before that they were, you guys were showing some of the properties and there was like a condo, a one bedroom bath, one bath condo that was like 700,000 or something crazy. I forget what it was. I was like, dude, that would be like a buck and a quarter here. What are you talking about? 700 grand. Like that's insane, yeah. man. Isn't it nuts? I mean, cap. It's crazy. Calizuela pricing, yeah. Calizuela well, pricing will I, I get think you. That you'll you'll see you'll see the prices go down because I think a lot of people are leaving Calizuela. <laughs> so well, the- yeah, we what, what's happened is is the state hasn't realized yet that people with money love this state because of our climate, right? But they also but they're also smart enough to know how to use airplanes, so. They go and they make their primary residence in Dallas or in Florida or or Montana or Idaho, and yeah. then they come back here for the weekend. And but right. so they're not having to pay Calizuela taxes, and they haven't right. figured out that that's happening more and more right now. That's that's crazy. I mean, I yeah, that's that's what I would do for sure. Sure. So 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 at a young age, you um your your father taught you what it was like to. A, have a work ethic, B, how to um, keep your money, and 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 then C, you, you, it, it kind of followed you, it sounds like. I mean, you're buying concert tickets and reselling them for a profit. That's, um, that's capitalism. I love that. Well, works, so, it, what, works, it's, it actually had double benefit there, Ken, because... You know, no matter what you buy and sell, yeah. Uh, if you t- if you take inventory, you're never perfect on your inventory, right? right? So I would have inventory, and, and so just a, a quick example is I had inventory left over of a Phil Collins concert back in the mid '80s, and Phil Collins was was the the guy back then, right? Mm-hmm. So I bought a lot of tickets for that concert, and I had about uh, four. Or six of them left over. So, you know, the day after a concert, if you have inventory, it's all lost. So what does a college guy do with, with four or six concert tickets? He finds uh, some, some nice ladies and, and a couple of guys and you you go to a concert and I look like a a hero because Mm. I've got great seats for Phil Collins and, you know, you have, you can have some fun with it too. That's a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> and and you've made a profit. Now, were you making right. a big profit on these, or was it? I, I mean, so w- were you technically a scalper? <laughs> is that yeah? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's exactly so it. You were, make, that's, you were making some good money. Yeah, I mean, I, for Neil Diamond, I bought some tickets for Neil Diamond at one point, and I think I paid ten dollars for the seats, and I was selling them for a hundred a seat. 
That's 10 you know, X the profit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a hundred dollars in 1983 is a little bit different than a hundred dollars in 2020. Uh, yeah, significantly. I remember, I remember. <laughs> so, so you, you, um, where did things go from there? So you decided not to pursue the, the, the tax law stuff and, and, and you realize you're making money, good money. It sounds like selling concert tickets. Are you the founder of, 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 well, no, you were buying them from Ticketmaster, so you weren't the founder of Ticketmaster. Where did you <laughs> right. go from there? When I, as soon as I graduated school, I, I ended up going joining a family business. It was a sales repping business uh, of discount merchandise. So I would sell to the Walmarts of the world, although they weren't as big as they are today. I would sell to the pick and saves, big lots, uh, companies like that. Uh, as a salesman, and, and and I joined the family business, and I converted the family business from being sales reps to actually taking possession. We actually, I uh, joined there in 1984. In 1987, we bought our first building, which is about a 4,300-foot building. Uh, 1990, we went into our 20,000-foot building. In 1995, we went into a 105,000-foot building, and I was going back and forth to China and Asia, other Asian countries buying and wow. buying merchandise, uh, and then coming back here and selling it. And I was traveling thirty weeks a year, dude. So wow, to, to thirty China. weeks a year when you're single. It, yeah, thirty weeks a year when you're single is fun. Yeah, thirty weeks a year when you've got a wife and then a then a baby, not fun. <laughs> and no. it gets old. Yeah. So, so you were, um, so what happened? How long did you do that? I did that until about nine, about, uh, about 1998, 2000, something like that. I sold my interest in the company. My partners didn't want to continue growing at the same pace I wanted to. Yeah. Um, we were growing about 30% a year and they said, no, you can't do that. And I said, well, our biggest customer at that time was Walmart. And I said, if Walmart can do it, why can't we being that, you know, we're just, we're just keeping pace. Right, right. So, you know, I ended up selling that company, starting a transportation company, sold that company. Uh, what are, what are decided- some of the, what are, what are some of the, I mean, so far this is all sound like a walk in the park, man. Like life's been pretty easy for you. I wouldn't say it's easy. I mean, you know, there's, when you're, everything, everything sound, you, you always talk about the, the good times. Yeah. You know, you don't talk about the time that you've got, uh, you know, 55 employees and you're, you're, you know, I don't have any hair left because at one point my overhead was $256,000 a month. Yeah. So if I didn't, you know, you, you sit there and go to bed at night saying, okay, I've got 55 families that are counting on me to make the right decisions. Yeah. And, you know, the first quarter of a million dollars every month just goes to expenses. I don't make a nickel until I have a quarter of a million in, a, in revenue. I'm not in revenue, right. in profit. Right, right. You know, so it's a, it becomes a big nut uh, capitalizing all of that from scratch, you know, not having – I never won the lottery, so I didn't have – you know, trying to grow. Right. And, you know, you get a call one day from a company like Walmart, and they say, hey, Ron, we're going to open up 79 new stores. We were their number three vendor for their discount group. Um, and 
they called us and they said, we're going to open up 79 new stores. We had a great relationship with them. We want two truckloads of merchandise for every store. And you pick what we're going to get. Just don't, don't stiff us. So you get an order wow. for 150 truckloads of merchandise at roughly $50,000 a truckload. Your accounts payable becomes, wow. per, your accounts receivable becomes pretty big. Huge. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, you know how people, do you get something like that? Well, and, and people don't think about this. You know, I wrote about this in my book, a story that, uh, you know, I remember when I had employee number one. And, and I was, I was scared. I mean, I was genuinely scared to hire this person. And I thought, you know, what if, what if the cash flow's not there and I can't pay this dude? Right. And, 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 it, and, and then it happened <laughs> like the cash yeah. flow wasn't there. And I, and, and, you know, I called this, this friend of mine who has a hundred million dollar a year company. And I said, I'm not calling for, for money. I don't want money. I, I, I want advice. Like, how do you hang in there? Like, I can't pay this, this, this dude that works for me this week. And it freaked me out bad. And, 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 you know, he's like, man, you know what? You, you, you just gotta, you, you gotta stay in the ring and keep running and you don't let the tiger catch you, man. You just gotta keep, you know, and, and yeah. I found out that he had been through the same exact thing. So ha did you go through any of that where you're like, you know, I've got employees and, and man, we, we can't make payroll this week. I didn't have as much with, I can't make payroll, but I'll, I, I will share a story with you about that because when I sold the company, we were making good money. We were, we were doing a lot of different things. We were growing, um, and, you know, there was, there was months because in the industry we're in, I mean, I was selling to retail stores and I was selling toys and housewares. Well, January or, or, or just believe it or not, in the wholesale business, December stinks. There's no business in December oh, because really? all the retail stores have already bought from you. So think about having a month where your sales are maybe four or $500,000. You're making a 15% gross margin. And you have to stroke a check for a quarter of a million dollars, right? So you've got $60,000 in profit, gross profit and you're stroking a check for a quarter million. Um, so it becomes challenging. But to, to tell you the, 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 probably the worst day of my life almost other than when my parents died, um, I, I actually, after I sold the company, I started the transportation company, sold that. And the company that I sold was having some financial problems. And they had just got hit with a half a million dollar loss when Kmart filed bankruptcy. Oh. And they asked me, because, you know, when you have a company like Walmart doing, giving you that much business, the only way you can offset that is by hand, by going to somebody like uh, a Kmart or a Target or pennies right. or big lots. You know, you got to try and offset that business. You don't want anybody to be that concentrated. So, you know, they're having some troubles. Kmart files bankruptcy on them. Their, their lender would not allow them to insure Kmart, which I told them from the sidelines they should have done beforehand, not afterward. Yeah. Um, so they asked me to come back and, and see if I could help save the company. And I actually had to go in there one day and for no fault of anybody's other than the company just having trouble, I had to lay off 30 people. 
And, wow. you know, there's, there's nothing worse than when people are doing their job the way they're supposed to, but the company's not performing the way it should. And you have to lay off that many people. It just kills you. It, it is, yeah, dude. it's not fun. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible day. You go home at the end of the day and you, you just want to, I don't know. I don't know. You can't roll up in a ball, especially at my size, but it's a horrible, horrible feeling. It's there's yeah, nothing, that's nothing good. 30 people out of how many? Out of 55. Oh my God. That's more than and half. Yeah. And, wow. and these are people that, you know, they're, um, you know, they're, they're breadwinners. It's not like they were the kids who that's bad. I mean, if it's kids and it's entry level, but these are breadwinners of families and you're having to go and say, you know, something we just can't afford you. And the only, and the only semi saving grace is you're hoping to save the company for the other 25, right? Are the other 25 going to be able to survive because of the decisions you make? And it's, it's just a horrible, horrible feeling. I, I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah, that's, that's no fun, man. It's no fun. And, and it's easy to go look from the outside and, and throw stones and, and, and judge companies or, but, you know, I mean, look, it, 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 it's, um, I've been there, man. And there's, when you, when you have a, a business and you have employees in that business, it it, it it takes on a different meaning the the business does than if you're just yeah. a solopreneur like it's a completely different meaning because now you're not not only are you responsible for taking care of your customers but you're responsible for taking care of your employees yeah you end up looking at it i mean i don't know how everybody does it i can only talk about me but you know i looked at it that there was 55 families plus yeah. my own that I was responsible for. If I made, I was, people had asked me, you know, what do you, what is your, what do you earn a day or what do you have to earn? And at that time, my value, I had to earn $10,000 an hour in order to keep the company floating. Those decisions I was making were, were $10,000 an hour decision. I don't want to sound uh, crass or anything, but you know, when you have to, when you have to, have twenty uh quarter of a million dollars a, a month in in uh profit yeah you know you can't be you can't be going and, and you know just jerking around yeah you know because you've got a lot of you know you sit on an airplane on a, on a tarmac and you can't and back then you know i had i did have that long cell phone the white one with the massive antenna yeah um but you know, if you're sitting there on a yeah the motorola exactly yeah if you're sitting on an airplane you're not making money and, and you, so now you got to make up that money. Yeah. People don't get it. So, so, so what, um, what, so what happened from there? Where did you go? And that was in nine, you said 99, 2000, somewhere in there. Right. So I decided that, uh, being that I'd done all these things that, that I had a brother-in-law that made a comment to me one time and he said, Hey, why don't you, you you'd be good at, at getting into finance. So why don't you go to uh, get your licenses and, and just start doing some stuff with, with uh, what I actually ended up doing is going to Merrill Lynch and got all my licenses with Merrill Lynch. I had my Series 7, my Series 66, life insurance. Wow. Um, and I was, 
you know, I looked at, okay, I could be a stockbroker or, or financial advisor. And, you know, I, I, I started realizing, you know, and, and back then, you know, that's like 2000, 2002, something like that. I, I had my licenses there. I'm talking to the people that I used to do business with. I had a good con, you know, sphere that I, I could chat with. And I used to trade stocks myself. So I, so I understood it. I enjoyed it. Still do uh, trade options now. Uh, but I looked at that and I started saying, you know, one of the things that nobody realized back then that Merrill Lynch had was they actually had a division that did mortgages as well. And it was a well-kept secret, but their, their clientele of who they served was very, very small. So they wanted their clients to be there to take care of everything. So they wanted their mortgage world. And even back then, like I got a mortgage from my mom at the time and they had a mortgage that was a variable rate mortgage, but it was at three quarters of a percent over LIBOR. And that was a fully amortized, no neg loan. It's like the best loan ever in the market. So when, yeah. the, when we went down, when we went down in 2007, 2008, her mortgage was at less than 1% fully amortized. I mean, it's unheard of. No one's ever done something like that. But I was able to realize wow. back then that there there's a lot more people that have a half a million dollars in liabilities or debts than has right. a half a million dollars to invest. Yeah. So, so, so you got into the, you got into the mortgage business. Yeah. I got into the mortgage business because I realized that, you know, there's so many more people that want to borrow money than want to save money. Hmm. Right. It sounds counterintuitive, but I mean, in this country, we don't save any money, but right. you know, everybody that wants the ha wants a house needs to needs, needs a loan almost. I mean, there's, there's 30% of the people that own their home free and clear, but uh, right. I would be able to go out and help people get that new house, structure that deal. Uh, even a couple, as much as two months ago, I was able to help an attorney get rid of all of her student loans through the use of the proper use of mortgage strategies. So I started wow. doing that in about 2003, 2004. And it was great until 2008 <laughs> when we fell yeah, off the that, uh, Yeah. Like that got, that got interesting. <laughs> yeah. That got really yeah. interesting. So did you stay yeah. in? Uh, did you stay like, did you make it through that? Cause I know a lot of people that didn't. Yeah, we made it through. Uh, you know, thank goodness uh, we were we were able to survive. We did make it through that that time period, and ever since we've been just doing different things. And, and it's one of the things that I've learned in all of finance. I mean, because the the problem the product that people believe brought down the mortgage industry was something called a pick a pay loan. Yeah, and it was a loan that you could actually have a thirty year amortized payment, a fifteen year amortized payment or two different negative amortization payments where you're, you're, you paid part of the interest, but the rest of it was added onto your loan. Right. And it was a great, great loan. Still is, if, if it was, if it was around today, it would still be a great loan, but it was made for the individual that would, had variable income, right? So if you're a commission salesperson or a business owner, if you had months that you made, and I'm just going to throw out a number, you made $20,000, right? You make, yeah. you make up a bunch of mortgage payments. If you have a month that you make $1,000, you don't make your mortgage payment and you're still not in default. So it was a great wow. product, but then they'd have, 
but they would have, you know, a pizza delivery guy that would say, well, I'm making $20,000 a month and no one would check it. <laughs> and, you know, it that's what brought down the whole system is it was, it was a great product if it was used for the right person. Yeah. You know, I look at, at Dr. Bill here. I mean, if, if he were to go and adjust somebody's foot because their finger was out of line, right? right. He might be the greatest doctor in the world, but he's doing the wrong thing on the wrong person. Right. right? He knows you go to that him because he knows like what he's doing. He would do that. He would do something. <laughs> like that. <laughs> he's might. giving you, he's giving you props telling everybody to tune in to Ron Siegel radio, which I, I agree. So you want a, you want a funny story about Dr. Bill. So he and I are good friends go way back. And he's the first to admit that whenever my ratings get too high, he feels that he needs to come on the show to bring the ratings back ratings back down to he doesn't want me to get a swollen head. So he's uh, my go-to guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good dude. So yeah, so um so this is in 2008, 2009. The industry, I mean, we all know that, that you know, that we're alive back then. It, it got, things got crazy in the mortgage business. I mean, for a yeah. lot of people. Yep. Yeah, the whole industry froze. I mean, the, the, literally late 2008, the United States financial system was on the verge of totally collapsing. Yep. I was at, I was at an event um, that could not be recorded with former president Bush. And he said, he says, you know, Hey, I'm an oil guy and I'm a baseball guy. And I'm seeing that the financial markets melting down and everybody in the whole world is looking to me. They have the answers and I have no clue what the heck I'm talking about. He said, so I had to go and talk to, you know, bring in people that supposedly did know. Yeah. And they're telling him as the president of the United States, the industry, the, the financial system as we know it is collapsing and you better make some changes. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was easy. It was, a, it was a game at that time in, in real estate of musical yeah. chairs. Yeah. Right. Everybody was selling properties for 10, 15% a week after they bought it for a 10 for 15% profit. And they thought that was going to go forever. Yeah. And when I, music I, stopped. I have... <laughs> I have I have a video. This kid this kid did this video where he did his um his doctorate thesis on um in finance on um the collapse of the mortgage industry and um or the real estate industry, I guess. And dude, he I'll send you the video. It's pretty interesting. This is from years ago, too. Years ago. But he nails it. And and people that don't understand how, you know, you might go finance with with BOA or or whoever, that that mortgage over the lifetime of, of the mortgage gets sold multiple times to other companies, multiple times, and you don't even know it. Like you don't even right. know that your mortgage was sold. And so so he talks about all of this, and I was like, what? No wonder. I mean, it's built on a house of cards, man. It's all speculative. And, and so it, it collapsed into that. It was a bubble and it collapsed. The bubble popped. And, and I keep hearing that, um, you know, we might be in another bubble right now. So we're really not in a bubble right now, but we could be very soon. 
Right. So what ends up happening, where we are right now, is we have significantly less inventory than people who want to buy houses. True. Right back then, everybody was just buying and selling, but it wasn't that, that there was a shortage of inventory. Right. right now, there's a shortage of inventory. People don't want to sell for one reason or another. In Calizuela, it's because our taxes are so high. Um, and interest rates are low, right? So when you have that, then that's the normal method. Just right. economics 101, prices are going to go up when you've got more demand than supply. Now, the, the challenge that we're at right now is first off, the Federal Reserve is keeping interest rates artificially low. So that's that's one big problem. The other thing is not getting political, but one of the things that uh, Joe Biden said, whether you want to call him vice former vice president or president-elect, whatever your persuasion, um, he says he wants to do a $15,000 home buyer tax credit. Well, they did that in 2010 with an $8,000 home buyer credit. And all that really did was force people or, or incentivize people that were going to buy in 2012 to buy in 2010. But it brought more demand, which meant prices went up. And when prices go up artificially, they're going to yeah. come back down. Right. So we could end up, if, if based on government policy, you, know, you can't engineer a capitalistic society. You can you can put some regulation in there to try and um, protect people, but you can't engineer that. And so we could end up going into a bubble if some of these policies get put into place. So it's only time will tell. Right, right, and that's and so that's why um, you know people really need to look at the policies of potential um, politicians. And and make sure you're picking the right ones, like former vice president, um, and you know things like that. So so um, and I'm not afraid to get into politics on this show either. So oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> not in any way, but but so so, but I, I find it interesting though. So you made it you made it through that. I I mean I know of people. I know one guy that I actually had met that ended up doing 20 years in prison. <laughs> like he got a prison sentence and I don't, I don't know if he served the whole 20 years, but he was a mortgage broker or a mortgage. Maybe he was the, the main dude. I, I don't know, but, but he took a hard fall and there were a lot of people across the U S that did, you know, the, I, I can remember in 1990 something, I bought a massive home on what what was what they call it an NQNE non qualifying non escalating loan or something like that where I I didn't have like all I needed was a heartbeat right. literally they didn't care yeah. about my credit they didn't check my income they checked nothing they're like here's this massive big house congratulations here's the key you qualified and I'm like but I only put like two grand down or something ridiculous. And they're like, they're like, that's all right. We got you. You're, you're good with us. And I'm like, okay. And you know, that was in my, I was in my, I don't remember what year it was. I was in my twenties and, and, you know, eventually ended up losing all that. But it, you know, it's, it, it was literally built on like 
insanity. Yeah. So basically when, what you're talking about is that there was, at that time we had what we called the two-step loan process. So step one was, can you fog a mirror? <laughs> step two was, step two was you're approved. Right. That's it. That's it. I, that I mean, literally it, man. It was, it's not yeah. your friend that you're, you're the, the guy that you know, that went to jail, he probably skipped step one. So he probably did a loan for people that could not fog mirrors. Right. right? So there were people that were, that were putting, you know, they were falsifying documents. There were, there were people yeah. that were, I mean, I know of, I, I, it's not something I ever want to get involved with or ever would get involved with, but I know people that were creating tax returns. They were creating W2s. They were creating pay stubs. If they needed them to put them in the file, there's still a company here uh, or a group here that's on the fraud watch list in Cyprus, Calisuela, um, wow. that still doing that kind of stuff. I love the way you call it Calus Whaler, man. That's so funny. And you were and born mean, and raised there. Yeah. Born and You're raised. Like, I'm a proud Calus Whalen. Yeah. It's but it well, it used to be a much nicer place. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's gotten kind of crazy. There's way too much homelessness. And you know, if you look at at some of our streets and then watch whenever there's some news that, you, know, you don't get a whole lot of news that comes out of Venezuela. But some in some areas, our streets look just like what they're going through in Venezuela. Homelessness and people that can't get food and hypodermic needles in the streets. Crazy. Dude, that, that's that's insane. That's uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, there's got to be a, a you know. It's like, um, and we don't have to get too deep into the weeds on this. I guess if you don't want, but I, I just saw last night. I saw the freaking mayor of Chicago saying basically cancel thanksgiving <laughs> like right what? what is wrong with you <sighs> like what in the heck and it, it sounds like something that that newsom would do oh absolutely they've already said that our rules here in calizuela right now that they just came out with no more than 10 people no more than three families you should be staying outside and if anybody wants to use the bathroom you have to clean it afterwards no singing no no uh no chanting, none of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm inviting my friends. We all we always chant at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and I look at it. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know me, Ken. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit straightforward. I'm inviting yeah. my family over here. I've, I just bought some new heaters because it's, a, it's, it's still comfortable to sit outside here in Calizuela. We've got some great weather. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have our family together. I don't. Uh, um, I don't want <laughs> canceled a birthday. Yeah. What? I, I, I yeah. I want, uh, I want my family to enjoy life. And I, I, I thank goodness. I just saw an article this morning that justice Alito Supreme court came out and said that there's, that we may be going a little too far with what the, with uh, taking away rights, religious Dude, freedom. They are massively yeah. overstepping their power. They're not allowed to do that crap. And then yeah, try to enforce it. Right. Who's going to come into my house and tell, count people, right, and enforce it? You know, if they don't have a warrant, they're not coming in. And, and I think I might even, some of the people that are going to be here are going to be law enforcement officers anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Right. 
dude, it's insane, man, what's happening. But but anyway, back to your story. Yeah. So I, that is, but I, hey, that's part of your personality. That's part of who you are. It's one of the things I love about you, man, is, is you tell it like it is and, and you see through the BS. And I, I love that. So, so, um, my wife, my wife's loving this. She said, boom. So, so, um, so talk about in, in that period, you know, 2008 to 2010, what, what did you do? You, you managed to survive. It sounds like. Right. We used up a a lot of savings. Uh, we kept on trying to go out there and do what we could, you know, there was, Loans were tough to do, but there's there's still people that need help. Yeah, that's always been my my deal. I, I in two thousand nine or two thousand ten, I don't remember which one it was anymore. Um, uh, a good friend of mine came to me and said, "Hey, Ron, I'm doing a radio show in San Diego, and you should do one up there in Orange County." And I said, "Craig, I have no experience in radio," and he said, "That's perfect. You don't have any bad habits." Uh, and I started doing the show and he said, but here's the deal is we wanted, we don't want to do an infomercial. We want to do a program that's going to help people. So mm. our mantra is if it, if it affects the roof over your head or your bank account, we'll talk about it. Mm. So, uh, real estate, mortgage, bankruptcy, divorce, credit repair, insurance, estate planning, uh, taxes, CPAs, business, employment, all of that. We talk about all of that every day on radio. And that was the whole idea of what we did. It became real, uh, a lot of fun for me to be able to just go out there and, and share a message with people. Because if you remember 2010, everybody was hurting. Yeah. And nobody knew, nobody knew what tomorrow was going to bring. Was the world going to come to an end or how am I going to survive? My credit went from 800 to 350 or 400. Uh, yep. And unfortunately in times like that, divorce becomes rampant because I mean, as it is in, in, in Orange County, Calizuela, 70% of first time marriages end in divorce, 70%, seven zero. Wow. Um, for the state of Calizuela, it's 50%. So, our whole focus become how do we give people the right information? How do you make an educated decision if you're not educated? Right? Right. Most people, most people don't know. You know. None of us know what we don't know. Right. If somebody asked me how to do knee surgery, I need to have double knee replacement. I don't know how to do that, but I, I want to find somebody that does. Dude, so, just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Might not, I might not have the greatest results, but I could Google it, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there somewhere, man. Yeah. So, so my idea was, and it's what the beauty of what I've been able to do with the radio show is I get to talk to people all day long, right? You yeah. and I probably would have never connected, you know, if it wasn't for people in the middle that put us together, yeah. you know, because of what you do and what I do, right? It's not because yeah. I do mortgages because I can't help anybody in Ohio with a mortgage. Right. Are you but only with, in California or Calizuela? Yeah, I'm going to get licensed in other states, but right now I'm only licensed in Calizuela. But the beauty is, is that I can actually um, help people. You know, when I had you come on my broadcast, 
Yeah. Right? The whole idea was, is we can teach people how to make more money, how to build their business, how to make a better life. Yeah. Right. That's what I get to do is I get to share that with people all the time. And wow. it's just, it's a lot more fulfilling than going out and writing somebody a half a million dollar loan. Um, you know, they may or may not be able to afford it. I try to make it where um, I do it. I, I, I send people away if they, if they don't want to listen to what I'm telling them. If I say you can't afford this. Yeah. Um, I, I'll send them, I'll say, you know, I'll put you on a game plan. I don't, other than for fraud, I won't turn anybody down on a mortgage. Never. Yeah. What right. I will say is we might mm -hmm. need to put, I, I just had a young immigrant come to us last weekend. We met him on Saturday. He makes about $3,000 a month. Very difficult to buy a property in Calisuela. Um, and I said, let's get you on a game plan. We yeah. can put a game plan so you can own a home in 18 months, but I'm going to give you 20 steps that you need to do to make that happen. If you do those 20 steps, you, you get a house, right? So wow. that's where the fun of what I do is, is because it's, it's all about strategy. I mean, so many people, they look at their FACO score as far as credit. They think it's a FICO score. They don't realize that it's a FACO. Just yesterday, I was out in Palm Desert. And I had a guy say, well, I've got an 870 FICO score. And I said, no, you don't. And he looked at me and he said, how do you know that? Well, a true FICO score, the, 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 a perfect FICO score is an 850 max. Yep. So if you go to Credit Karma or Credit Sesame, they use a Vantage score, which yep. has a 900 max. Right? So a lot of people need help in getting their credit improved because they want to buy a house. They want to buy a car. They want to buy furniture. So even though yeah. I'm not in that business, I'll give them a game plan. Here's how you can get your credit score increased by 40 or 50 or 60 points in the next four months. And then let's talk about buying a house because it's going to save you a bunch of money. So you do that and you don't charge them? Nope. I'll do it right on my radio program. Hey, you need to know this guy. This is Charles Coachman. He's a buddy of mine. And he's a realtor up in Silicon Valley. So okay. he's, he's a, he's, I don't know if you guys could ever do, do business together, but, um, he, he's telling a story about a company near his home that, um, realtors, appraisers, mortgage, some became federal inmates. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. got, they got free room and board. Yeah. 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 And that, so, and, and your credit isn't even checked for that. So. Right. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you get, you get, you get, uh, some jewelry, you get these real, yeah. these, uh, interesting bracelets. Yeah. Free room and board. But Charles, yeah. if he's up in Silicon Valley, I mean, I'm down here in, in Southern Calizuela where our prices are crazy. His yeah. are insane. I mean, up there it's median home price up in Silicon Valley. I, last time I checked was over a million dollars just for the median home price. And that's an average home. Yeah. You can get it like that's like a two bedroom house, three bedroom house, maybe fifteen hundred square feet. The size what? of three, three, a two car. So think about this: a two car garage is four hundred square feet. You go up there and, and pay a million dollars for a twelve hundred square foot house, which is probably the size, which is the size of three two car garages. Oh my god! <laughs> it's crazy up there. Wow. Yeah. That's insane, man. How, like, you can't raise a family in that, can you? Like, how you, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. That's what, and, and but, but the interesting thing is, it's going to be one of the 
One of the side effects of the pandemic, right? So one of the side effects of the pandemic is that we're two years ago or a year ago, you know, look at what Google spent on their campus up there. Look at what Apple spent on their campus up there. Well, and now all their Google, people think, are working from home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think Google said that no one has to go back to the office until I think sometime next year, if ever. Gosh. So I could move and buy. What can I buy in Ohio for a million and a quarter that Charles just mentioned? Oh, my God. <laughs> can I buy Cleveland? Uh, let's see. Our house is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I live in a 4,000 square foot home and it's nowhere even remotely close. Well, I mean, it's it's not a million dollar home. So it's not not even. So um, look, here's, um, Kellen lives out in Calizuela too. And she says 1,200 square foot. That's crazy. That is crazy. Y'all yeah. need to move yeah. to Ohio. So Seriously. I bet for... Well, I bet for the 872 that Kellen's talking about and the million and a quarter that Charles is talking about, I could probably buy Cleveland. I'm not sure anybody wants to be in Cleveland, but I could probably buy the whole city. And well, then, um, yeah, no, my wife's from Cleveland. <laughs> be careful. But like, uh oh, the, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. So I'm not kidding. She, but she, we, yeah, we, we pick on Cleveland all the time. But, um, but here, you know, here's the thing. And, and Ray Campbell's joining us from over on LinkedIn. Thanks, Ray. So look, here's the thing for a million, 1.25 million in Ohio, you are talking about a, about an 8,000, probably 8,000, seven to 8,000 square foot mansion, not wow. house, mansion. Wow. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a buddy that, that I think their house was eight or 9,000. And, um, and, and Jill's right. Cleveland is a nice, there's a lot of affluent areas in, in Cleveland. Um, and since we got rid of LeBron, it's even better. Um, I'm kidding. Thanks. So, you sent him out here. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, but the, the, um, 1.25 million here would get you, I mean, I'm telling you, I have a friend that had, they had a maid quarters they had, and it was a $970,000 home. And two doctors that lived in this house and, and it was eight, 9,000 square feet. It was massive mansion behind in a gated community. So if you want to fall off your chair, um, we just had, I think last week or the week before the highest priced home in orange County sold it. it and it was a mark. They marked it down. They took a, the, the listing price, was 67 million and it sold for 61 million. Oh my god. Right right here in Newport Beach. That's see, my, Look, 8,000 square foot house in in the town we live in, which is we're north of Columbus, pretty far north, 650. Wow. Yeah. 650. Yeah, dude. It's way And, and I bet your I bet your taxes are less than ours. <laughs> oh my I mean, god. we're we're 13, I mean, if you're, we're 13% is our top tax rate out here and they mm -hmm. want to increase it. And, and the state is bankrupt, right? The state is literally bankrupt. They don't want to tell anybody that they're hiding it. Cause I do, I have some uh, political people come on my radio show as well. Yeah. Literally the state of Calizuela is bankrupt, but we want to still build that train out there that 
starts where nobody is and goes to where no one wants to go. But we, we're, I think we're into it for about $60 billion so far. So l- let me ask you this. I mean, we kind of went off, off your story a little bit, but let, let, let me ask you, you know, I, I mean, you've, you've grounded out, you've stayed, you, you, you actually made a brilliant move, which I would like to say I did as well. Um, and that was, you started a radio show. Um, and your your radio show is very popular. It, it, you're on ESPN Radio. I know you do a lot, and now you're doing it live on on social media as well. Um, what do you feel? And I and and by the way, just so everybody knows, Ron's also a member of my academy, which I'm honored that you 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 joined. Um, you know, but like, what do you feel like this? Because I preach this stuff, like if you start a show and you start, it's kind of, it's, it's a collaborative thing that starts happening. You start getting to collaborate with people that you normally wouldn't collaborate with. And, and, and so what do you feel like it's done um, for you, your business, your, your just overall your life starting this thing? It's been great for me, and I'll tell you why. When 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 uh, I, when Craig first came to me and said about doing it and gave me the concept, he said, "Ron, you have to understand. Number one, I mean, you figure out 2009, 2010. You're not going to do much in the way of real estate. You're not going to do much in the way of mortgages because the industry was right. dead back then." Right. He said, "But here's the beauty: is as a mortgage guy, I mean, we're one step below used car salespeople, especially back then. Right. The the industry was was filled with with less than reputable people and many right. even thought crooks, right? So what it did for me was because of that, I got to meet all kinds of really, really interesting people. I got to bring them on my radio program. It gave me the opportunity to help a lot of folks get educated and not get swindled. So, and I'm a big believer in what goes around comes around. So the karma that Amen. came from it. Right. I got to meet people and, you know, I kid about it, but um, Dr. Bill and I have become real good friends. I know that he's part of your academy. Joe's been part of your academy. Um, We're able to talk and and do things that are completely out of the norm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can call you to come on my radio program. Well, you're not going to talk to anybody about mortgages or real estate in Calizuela. You're talking to them about how to make their life better. Right. So right. that's and when you when you asked me about coming on your show, it's, it's awesome. I was so excited because you've got this massive following. You've built up a huge amount of people in, a, in such a short period of time. Yeah. And your focus and here. I have people ask me, how do you run? How do you figure? How do you decide who you're going to bring on your radio show? Because, like, you know, in addition to the ESPN network, I was I was picked up about four months ago by ABC News and talk as well. So we're. We take the same program that runs in the morning. We put that on as, as a MP4 and MP3 on their station at six in the afternoon out here. Wow. And so people say, how do you decide who you're going to bring on the radio program? And I said, it's very, very simple. It's all, it's heart. Yeah. That's all I care about. If, if somebody's trying to sell something and they're just trying to get that next commission check or fee or retainer. They're not yep. coming on my show. Right. But, you know, if, like even when you that. came on my show, 
when you came on my show, you weren't pitching your academy. You were talking to people about how they can build a, a, a community, how they can help themselves, how they can help their family, yeah. right? And if we make some money, it's a byproduct. That's great. We have, we have to feed our families. Sure. But there's more than enough out there. If I give away, if I tell people, if I tell a thousand people how to increase their credit score 50 points, I feel good. So I got, yeah. I get a benefit. Dude, so, and, and that's, that's awesome. And I, I love the fact that you have the, the foresight to, to see that because people don't, you know, I have this little book that Zig Ziglar's kids gave me when I was visiting their headquarters and it's called the little book of big quotes by Zig Ziglar. Right. And you open this thing up and the very first page, the first flap there says, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And that's his most famous quote. And, sure. and that's the entire premise that you're talking about, man, is, is if you just have a helping heart, it sounds so cliche. It does, yeah, man. It does. But, but if you just like go, look, yes, I want to be rich. Yes, I want to make money. But I understand that if I just help enough other people get what they want in life and that's attention to them, their business, their career, then, then it'll all unfold for me somehow. I don't know how. No, we don't know how, cause you don't know. I mean, if I help this young man who's, you know, an, an immigrant here, barely spoke English. If I help yeah. him get a house, whether he uses me as a mortgage guy or not, I don't care. Right. I, I want to make sure that he's happy because even the people that can't buy properties or that, that I have to put them on a, a game plan, yeah, right? It doesn't matter because the bottom line is that, that I've helped somebody and I get paid every time I help somebody, I get paid in a much greater currency than U.S. dollars, Yeah, right? It's, it's just something that my wife and I are passionate about. And I'll, I'll tell you something. It's, this is kind of a funny story and I don't understand it. It's, it was a challenge to me. So when I started my radio show, I said, you know something? I've got this big megaphone. My first radio program was on a 50,000-watt station. That's the largest allowable by law in the, in the United States. Wow. And I used to leave the last two minutes of every program for, for nonprofits. I wanted to have nonprofits come on. And, and I used to broadcast right from the same studio where they broadcast Angel Baseball. So it was right at Angel Stadium. I wanted people to, I wanted to, I wanted, I left that two minutes. I said, if you have a nonprofit, let me know. And we'll talk about it. as long as it's legit. I didn't want to have, you know, not like, right. not like the Clinton foundation or something like that. <laughs> right. But if it was, we just know, went there, <laughs> but you know, like I've had Frank Shankwitz on my program several times. He's the founder Frank's of make awesome. a wish. Yeah. Right. Great, great guy. So, yeah. I, but you know, but you know something, Ken, it was the toughest two minutes to fill of the radio program, and I had to end up giving it up. I mean, now I have people Why? come on the radio because I couldn't fill the segment. Two minutes, and I couldn't fill the segment. I couldn't get people would say, you know, I'd call and I'd, I'd have this organization. I'd, What's your favorite charity? They'd tell me. I said, Do you have somebody that wants to come on and talk about it? Well, let me find out. I'm sure we do. They're all excited. And then all of a sudden, nothing. I'm like, how can this possibly be, right? That, that people don't want to come on and talk. So I gave it up. And now what I do is it's done just by, um, 
happenstance, so to speak. So, you know, I, I had a, a, the Boys and Girls Club of California. Somebody introduced me to their CEO of Orange County. So he came on the program and we talked about the Boys and Girls Club. What are they doing? Uh, Cops for Kids. They'll come on and they'll talk about their, their program. But, to, you know, it was just taking so much time trying to find somebody to, to give them yeah. the opportunity to talk to thousands of people at one minute, you know, at one time. It, it would just became, I don't know whether they were scared or what it was, you know, you, you, you're doing this all the time. So you understand it. When I, when I did my first radio broadcast, I'm sitting there, you know, it, this literally this studio cost $1 million to build. It's on the, I think it's the second floor of angel stadium in the back offices. I walked in there. I had a stack of papers for a one hour program. The stack of, of notes I had was about six inches thick worth of, of paper. And I couldn't use any of it because my hands were shaking so much. I was so nervous. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I understand when people, I mean, I just had someone on my program uh, Wednesday and he and I are sitting there chatting just like two old friends. And as soon as the red light goes on, all of a sudden he's, he's nervous as heck. Yep. Right. I had, a, I had another lady that came on the program. She sells, multi-million dollar houses in Newport Beach. Every time I would ask her something, she would start coughing. Wow. So for one hour, I could not get her to say anything because she was said this nervous tick of coughing the entire time. Yeah. So maybe that's why the nonprofits had a, had a, pro, a problem with it. Because, you know, I, I do about as much um, preparation work as, as you do. Yeah. Right. Let's just have a conversation. I want my our sure. my audience experience is two friends having coffee at Starbucks the way it was in 2019, not 2020. Yep. <laughs> and, right. Just chat. Just, just chat. chat. That's it. Like yeah. I think, and, and and you know what I love about what you're doing too is is uh, you just said it about the preparation stuff. I think, and and I, I've I, I've talked about this a lot in the last few days. Actually, like, stop waiting on the stars to be perfect and aligned, and and to to take action on on like like just go, man. Like you're gonna make you're gonna screw up. You're gonna have a booger hanging out of your nose while you're alive. It's gonna things are gonna happen, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to point that out to you the whole show. I'm kidding. <laughs> but like you, you know, you just have you have to have fun. And again, you have to have a heart that really wants to help people too. So um so t- tell me tell me this. Like you've been obviously you've been very successful in, in your in your career um careers uh, career careers um, but you know, you've, you've, what do you think in your opinion, and we're over an hour now, but Hey, it's my show and it's the internet. So <laughs> hold on. I'd like to break for a moment for a word from our sponsor at the Clinton foundation that just canceled. <laughs> <with us. laughs> I'm kidding. But like, what do you think in your opinion, um, holds people back from success in life fear that's what everybody fear of failure no it is it really is it's fear of failure because people are so afraid i mean i i just had this conversation with some folks i was out in the desert uh uh, talking to an investor yesterday and we got in this conversation about mistakes and i said there's a lot of people that 
really worry about mistakes and I don't care about mistakes. And I learned this early on because I did so much work with Walmart and they would call me and then I think I told you earlier in the, in the, in the program that they called me one day and they said, they're going to open up 79 new stores. The next day they call or a week later, they called and said, no, we changed it to 69 new stores. And then the week later they said 85 stores. Well, what I, what I learned from that is, you know, just do it. And I don't like Nike because I don't like what they stand for. But the real thing is just go out and do it. I do my radio program. If it sounds great, it's great. If it doesn't sound great, it doesn't. Um, but I go out there and do it and try to correct. And, and right. I'm not thin skinned. So if, if you call me and say, hey, Ron, I was listening to your program and you really sounded like garbage. Um, but I think right. you need to do this, this and this. And I, my comment to these folks when we had lunch uh, out in the desert on, uh, I don't even know, Wednesday, was that I might not take every piece of advice somebody gives me, but if somebody ha is trying to give me advice with a good heart, I'm going to absolutely listen. And if it, you know, because I, I don't know everything. Right, right. right. So people, I, I look at people and they say, well, I can't go and do a, a go on StreamYard and do a program because I don't have the right mic and I don't have the right computer and I don't have the right lighting and I don't have the right background. And I, I said, you know what you don't have is you don't have any guts. That's <laughs> what you don't have, yeah. right? Go turn on your computer. There's probably a camera there and start. Yeah. Yep. Just do it. Yeah. And you don't have to be perfect. It's true. You know, my bet is, is that the program that you're doing today is radically different than the program you did five or seven or 10 years ago. Yeah. Because, you know, you've had some great guests that yep. give you great guidance or, or counsel with the right heart. Yeah. You know, why do you think that after 10 years of doing this, I said, you know something, I got to get into to Ken's Academy because I don't know what's there. I've learned so much stuff on my own. Yeah. But, you know, this guy's got a hundred hours or whatever it is worth of, of, of content that if I can go there and I, and I don't know, you know, I've, I've only gone through some of it, right? I, I'm transparent. Right. right but right. if I can go there and I can pick up one or two or three nuggets, it can take me to another level. Completely. Right? Or I can deliver yeah. something better to somebody else. It does. I don't need to, to make a home run out of everything. And I mean, your program is, it doesn't cost anything in the scheme of the world. Right. Because right. what is it? I think right now at Chapman University, a one unit is about $500 for a unit of coursework. Right. What does it cost? What does it cost? What do errors cost? Right. right? Are, you, are you ready for this one? In the mortgage world, we have all kinds of underwriting. If we make a if we make an error on a loan and Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac won't buy it from us, we have to sell it in the secondary market and we have to take generally a ten to fifteen percent haircut. So, Orange, Orange County, Calizuela, our median home price is eight hundred eight thousand dollars. So, just say we do a six hundred thousand dollar loan on that. If I make a mistake, it's ninety thousand dollars. Wow. Right. That's our, that's the cost of us to cure that. So why wouldn't I spend, you know, a thousand dollars on, on a program? Because my bet is, and we haven't, you and I haven't 
talked about this, but I bet you've made a lot of mistakes. Oh, and nope, I'm and you're sharing them. Yeah, and and you're yeah. and I'm sure that you share them in that content. I do. Right, so, I do. So I'm an idiot if I I'm an idiot if I don't don't take advantage of somebody else's mistakes. I I think that you know people don't realize the value of just being authentic. Like if I if I wa if I listen to your 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 radio station or your radio um, program and and you know you're you're on a hot mic and you don't realize it and I hear you belch, like I'm not gonna be like, oh I'm never listening. Like that's dude, we all belch, we all go through. You know what I mean? Like right. so. I just think that it's a, it's a matter of being authentic and you're, you're doing it, man. You're, you're doing it. So look, I, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your wisdom today, dude, you're, you're incredible. And I am so grateful that you've had me on your show on the radio um, show once. And then in your realtor group once, and I, I, I can't wait to meet you in person um, hopefully, when you move out of the the Soviet uh, Republic of Calizuela, um, <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding. I, I've only been I've been to L.A. one time, and and that was I was good. I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, yeah. But yeah, but San Diego's nice. San Diego was oh, nice. Beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But I've never been in in the area that you're that you guys are in, so I can't uh, can't wait to come out there. So, so, you, so you'll love this, I, especially being from Ohio. So I, I used to have an office in Des Plaines, Illinois, and one in New York. So I understand what the seasons are like. Yeah, you know, I, I know I know that you can go to to Chicago and and enjoy spring one day. Um, yeah, but in San Diego. I mean, you guys probably, if you put on the evening news, do you have, do they, do they do a weather segment? Uh, I haven't watched the news in a while, but yeah, normally they do. So San Diego, Calizuela, they only do the weather if it's not going to be 74 and clear, right? Same temperature every day. Really? 74 and clear. Oh, beautiful sky. I mean, look at the, if you, have, if you go online and look at what the, the, the weather swings are for San Diego. I mean, maybe 72 to 76 is about it. Uh, great, great area. Yeah, it's gorgeous there, man. It's beautiful. So, so in January, so you can think about Calizuela. Let, let me ask you one last question for sure. anyone watching right now um, that, you know, I mean, whether whether we think this pandemic is real or not, the, the fact is a lot of people have been locked down. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are struggling like crazy right now. They don't know which way to turn. Um, and I've been there, man. I've been there. I had a car repossessed in front of a bunch of employees once. That was an awesome day. Um, but like, I, you know, I've been there. I've been through all this stuff. What would you say to somebody that's barely hanging on the suicide rates are through the roof right now. Like, what do you say to somebody that's barely hanging on? How do you help them? If they called you and said, man, uh, I don't know what to do. What, what do you say? Wow. That's a toughie. And you're right. Suicide. I, I've, I've talked about this on my radio program. Suicide rates. Actually, the, the statistic is they go up uh, 10,000 suicides additional to what we know already normally have. 
For every 1% increase in unemployment, there's 10,000 more suicides in our country. Oh, my 10, God. 10,000. So, wow. yeah, to answer your question, here's the thing. Find what you're passionate about. And, you know, I tell this to my sons, is if you find your passion, the money will follow, and you'll make your family happier. I mean, I've got one son that got married last year. He's going to have a baby next year. My, my, my older son is getting married next year. And find your passion. Find something that you like to do. And I yeah. don't care whether it's being a trash truck driver, not to put them down, or if it's to be an attorney or a, a realtor or an accountant, be the best, right? And if you go out there and you just focus on being the best, go out there and, and you're going to be, you're going to, a lot of, especially with this pandemic, one of, I heard Mark Cuban say this on a program probably two or three months ago. He said, one of the newest questions that's going to come out of the pandemic when you go to interview is what did you do during the pandemic to better yourself? Right. Right. So in our country right now, there are a million ways, maybe more, to make money. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you look at what's happened on Etsy, right? You look at what's happened on Pinterest. What I would say is real simple. And I and I'm not trying to be a honk here in any way or to be promotive or anything like that. Find something you're passionate about. If you like drawing, if you like creating, you like building. I have a neighbor that just started making cornhole games in his garage. Right? You've yeah. got a great, great platform right now with the social media channels. I mean, I got on Parlor about a month or two ago yeah. uh, because I didn't like the censoring of of Facebook. Um, but you've got <laughs> Facebook, you've got uh, uh, LinkedIn. But hey, think about this one. If you, this guy, if he makes these cornhole games in his garage, and he, again, I'm not to try and sell anything. I'm not looking to sell anything. I don't, I don't get paid to say what I'm going to say. Get the, go on to that academy and learn how to, to share the information on a platform like StreamYard where you can show it to thousands of people and yeah. don't give up. Right, because I guarantee you didn't have anybody watching your show when you first started it, right? Very, Maybe very, few. very few. Right. I mean, I see that you said that your wife's on here now. My wife even tunes me out now on the radio program too. Right. My wife's but, making comments, man. She she's loving yeah. your message. Right, but but if you go and you buy that and you start sharing and you start building a community, because I have a brother-in-law that's made boatloads of money in financial services and his clients all fish and they all ski Yeah, because he likes to fish and ski. So he can make a, a, a tremendous living for his family by fishing and skiing. Yep. Right? If you're handy, start doing, doing videos about it, start sharing it because it, you know, I, I don't know. I think I, I think I, I started using Streamyard. um, I don't know, six months ago or something. What's it cost me? Fifty dollars a month or something? Yeah, and so, they have a cheaper one. That's they have one that's free actually. So, yeah. Okay, so so you can get out there and get it for for nothing. Yeah. And you know, so so I sell one cornhole game, and you know, I don't even know how to use a screwdriver, so I'm not going to even say anything about it. But 
Um, you sell a cornhole game and then you have 10 people call you and say, I want more cornhole games. And you have a hundred people call you and say, I want cornhole games. Yep. Right. And you can build a massive business. And so, so think about this. If you make 10 cornhole games and you make $20 per game, you've yeah. just added $200 to your income. Yeah. And you know, if you make those on the weekend and you can do, um, you know, do that 10 times, you know, if you do that every week. Yeah. Right. In many parts of the country, you've just added a thousand dollars to your income. Do whatever you're doing already. Is that going to buy yeah. you a nicer car? Is that going to buy you a nicer house? Is that going to buy you a vacation? Maybe it's going to help your retirement fund. Maybe it's going to help your kids in college. Pay the yeah. electric, pay your cell phone bill, all of that. Right. You know, and you may end up finding that if, by doing that and just starting, yeah, that you can get away from that job that you hate, that 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 employer that you hate, or get off unemployment, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a, you. This is a, this is still an entrepreneurial country. There's still yeah. opportunity. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, man. I it's agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah, it's only with limited that? by our imagination. Right. You're right. You're right. Ron I mean, Siegel, thank you, dude. You're you're awesome, man. Thank you. I, my I pleasure. Glad to be here. You got people fired up on here. Good. Yeah, I see Roxy said MeWe. I just went on to that one. I just went on that one also. We don't I'm on parlor and MeWe as well. We need to we need to connect, dude. So yeah. um that's awesome, man. Listen, I, I, I appreciate you. Don't hang up on me yet. Uh, I'm going to end the live stream. But, Ron, make sure make sure everybody on here, you go follow Ron. Where's the best place to, to follow you, by the way? What's wrong with me? Why yep. didn't I? Is it ronsiegelradio.com? ronsiegelradio.com is our website. Facebook.com forward slash ronsiegelradio. At um, Ron Siegel on Twitter, although I'm not there as much. Ron Siegel on uh, Parlor. I think it's Ron Siegel on MeWe. Yeah, I I, I have tr I have a short memory, so I can almost remember my name. So I kind of used it everywhere. Yeah, there you go. Well, start at RonSiegelRadio.com. Everybody, go follow Ron. I'm sure your social media links are on there. So yeah. everybody, make sure you go follow Ron. Ron, thank you so much. And and there's been some rock stars on here today and other people that'll watch this. So um, are you looking for new guests on the, the radio show? I am all one of the one of the most the difficult things I have is finding great content. So awesome. if there's people here that have have the, the right heart, I'm yeah. uh, I'm always looking. That's awesome, dude. Everybody, make sure you go follow Ron. Ron, don't hang up on me. I'm ending this now. You guys have an awesome weekend and go live the American dream like Ron was just talking about. Go make it happen. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. See you guys.